There are many reasons that I know tonight that the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is coming very, 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 very soon. I make mention and I make much of the fact that if you'll look at the news, if you have any eyes whatsoever, you realize by the news that Jesus is coming soon, very, very soon. The world is in all kinds of trouble. The world is trembling tonight. Jerusalem has become a cup of trembling, just like the Word of God said that it would. Tonight, our leadership is about to change. And just to be quite frank with you, we don't have any good choices in America tonight. We don't. We're going to have to take what God gives us and take our punishment. Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7 says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor the west, nor the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. And whoever finds themselves in the White House next year will be the providential hand of Almighty God. And quite likely, regardless of who it is, it will be a judgment on this nation. It don't matter who it is. We're way on. I hope y'all are smart enough, please, for, for the cause of Christ. Be smart enough to know this thing's way yonder farther down the road than Democrats and Republicans. It's way past that. I don't care what your grandma thought, your grandpa thought. We're way past that. Our world as we know it is just about to come to an end. Brother Jesse and I have talked and I've talked with you about that third temple, the last temple that's about to be built in Jerusalem. That excites me to no end to realize that an Orthodox rabbi by the name of Gershon Solomon and the Temple Mount Faithful has already made great preparations. The cornerstone has been cut. Brother Jesse and I have talked about that golden candlestick that goes in the temple's just been made, 90-some pounds of gold. Estimated value at $2 million just for the candlestick. It's, it's there today. The crown that the high priest will wear in the temple is there today. It's been made. A few years ago they found an urn in which they thought contained the ashes of the red heifer that were necessary for the sacrifice. Just a few years ago in Billings, Montana, I was handed a newspaper article... And that red heifer had disappeared for many, many years in Jerusalem. And there was an article, a front page headline that said, Holy cow, she's red. And that red heifer with those recessive genes had reappeared in Jerusalem. And they are now today as we sit here ready to begin sacrifice in Jerusalem tonight. That is a complete fulfillment of the scriptures of the word of God. Jesus is on his way. That excites me so much that there are men ready today to begin the sacrifice of animals in the temple in Jerusalem. But that does not excite me like every day I look around. I was in the dentist office yesterday and talked with folks that are up to here full of religion that are absolutely clueless. About Bible salvation. 
That's what excites me, Miss Donna. Based on the word of God, that's the last thing that's going to happen before the church gets out of here. The ruin of religion. Folks say they know God and wouldn't know God if he walked in wearing a lime green leisure suit pushing a 10-speed bicycle. They could not pick him out of the crowd. Those folks that are around here think they're spiritual. They have no discernment of the Spirit of God whatsoever. Don't know when he's here and when he ain't here. That excites me. That lets me know I'm ready to get out of here. I'm leaving. We better be faithful. If there's anything I want to do, I want to be faithful to the fundamentals of the Scripture and the fundamentals of salvation. John chapter number 3 and verse number 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, that's the word of God, and of the Spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Ghost, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. That means where it wants to. Thou hearest the sound thereof, and canst not tell whence it cometh or whether it goes. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Brother Jesse, everywhere I go to preach, I, I see that. Folks sit in so-called fundamental Bible-believing Baptist churches and look at me like I'm purple, got one big eyeball, just beamed in from planet Pluto and said, I ain't never heard that before. How can that be? Honest for the Lord, I see it everywhere I go. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master in Israel? And knowest not these things. I'm going to talk to you about the conversion in Nicodemus. John chapter number 3, verse number 2, The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. We live in a day and an age where people, they have so reduced God and Jesus Christ and salvation down to man's level that they are so flagrant and flippant with the holy things of God that people are so ignorant that they think you can just get saved anytime you want to get saved. And you'll see somebody die and they lived a life of a whoremonger or a pill sucker or some kind of a dope addict. And it gets right down to that little metal box. They will say, well, you don't know right before they took their last breath, they might have called on God. How foolish can people be? How foolish can people be about understanding what real Bible salvation entails? And the very first thing that came about in the conversion of Nicodemus was spirit revelation. 
The Word of God says in John 4, 24, God is His Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Since God is a spirit, then the reality of Jesus Christ being God incarnate, Emmanuel, or God with us, must of necessity be revealed, not by works of the flesh, but rather through the operation of the Holy Ghost of God. And apart from the Holy Ghost of God revealing to you Jesus Christ, you can't find Him. The Word of God teaches us here, and I, I want you to listen to this as a little child. There never was a time in my conscious memory when I did not intellectually believe in the historical facts and figures surrounding the Lord Jesus Christ. But I did not know Jesus Christ. I only knew about him. Tonight I am very well aware of a man by the name of George W. Bush from Crawford, Texas, who is president of the United States of America. If he's at home tonight, he'll pillow his head at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I'm very well aware of that. But I have never had a personal encounter with George W. Bush. And multitudes are aware of numerous intellectual facts and figures about the Lord Jesus Christ, but have never had a personal encounter with Him. Since God is a spirit and Jesus is seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father, you will never have a personal encounter with Him except by the divine providence of God. He chooses to make Himself manifest to you. Well, that blows a bunch of ill-mannered Baptists completely out of the circle, don't it? Think you can get saved anytime you want to. Just do any way you want to. Live any way you want to. And somehow God's obligated His holy self that if you'll just cry out, He'll save you. Number one, He's got to reveal His self to you. God manifests Himself through the Holy Spirit of God. Either through preaching or through the testimony of another born again child of God. I found myself, and there's folks that sit in this building tonight, you're lost and unregenerate without God, and I know that because the Holy Ghost told me you are. I'm not playing spiritual games, and I'm not some spiritual fruit loop. I'm telling you the Holy Ghost told me some of you are lost. And I'm going to tell you when He told me. I've had opportunity in the last two or three years, there's been folks that sit in this building tonight. That God the sweet Holy Ghost opened up the portals of heaven one on one, just me and you. And let me witness to you in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost of God. And I know without any shadow of a doubt, the Holy Ghost allowed me to be the vehicle and the instrument by which God made himself manifest to you. I know that. I know when it happened. I know where I stand it. God uses a spirit-filled believer to share your testimony and share a little bit of the Word of God with somebody and Jesus will make Himself manifest through that. What's God doing when He makes Himself manifest through that? He's letting you know He's real. 
You see, we've seen so much phony baloney in the church. We've seen so many hypocrites down at the so-called house of God that they don't believe anybody's real anymore. But I'm going to tell you what God takes some old drunk, some old pill snorter, and some old whore, some old whoremonger, some old dope addict or dope pusher and save them by the grace of God and set you up and shine you up and let you shine for the glory of God and let some old sinner know there must be something real about what's going on down at the church. What's happening, Jesus is manifesting himself, letting people know he's real. That's a revelation. That's what happened to Nicodemus. Jesus made himself manifest to Nicodemus. He gave him a revelation. God reveals himself through the word of God. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God lets himself be known through his word. In 1 Corinthians 13, 9 says, for we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come. Now listen, Jesus Christ done come and gone. Ain't talking about Jesus when that which is perfect has come. The Holy Ghost had done come. The day of Pentecost has passed. The church is up in operation. What's that talking about? When that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. That's sign gifts and wonders. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So now we see through a glass darkly. Paul was saying that then. But then face to face. Now I know in part. But then shall I know even as also I am known. Now we got a lot of Baptists today that believe that's talking about when you get to heaven, everybody will know you like you know everybody else. That ain't got one thing to do with heaven and knowing people. Paul said when that which is perfect is come. What's he talking about, Keithy? He's talking about something Paul didn't have. He was a writing on it, but he didn't have it. He was talking about the completed canon of Scripture. Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, chose to reveal himself through the pages of this holy book I hold in my hand tonight. And Paul said, when that book's finished, I'll be able to see Jesus Christ as good as he can see me. And if you'll look in the pages of this book tonight, it'll reveal the Son of God, and you'll be able to see Jesus just as good as he can see you. And you'll be able to know him as good as he knows you if you put your nose in that book. Boy, that's good, ain't it? I mean, that's rich. That's direct from the Word of God. God said it, and it's true. God will reveal Himself to folks through the preaching of that book. Titus 1 2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised from the before the world began. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What has God done in some of these services where God's let the saints of God worship and weep tears and stand up and testify and cry, and God's filled the building with his presence, but folks didn't get saved? What's God doing? He's letting them know he's real. 
What's God doing through the preaching of the Word of God? There's times God let me preach like my head's on fire. Nobody gets saved. What's God doing? He's letting them know He's real. It's a revelation. God's letting you know there's something to that. There's something to that, buddy. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, Without faith it's impossible to please Him, for he that comes to God must believe that He is. You've got to know He is, and He's real. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Now, wait a minute. That looks like a contradiction in light of Romans chapter 3, verse 11. Romans 3.11 said, There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Now God just said that He'll reward you if you seek Him. And then He turned around and said, But there ain't nobody going to seek me. In the power of your flesh you won't. You can't. So why did Nicodemus go looking for Jesus? Because God had manifest himself to Nicodemus through the miracles that Jesus performed. And God gave Nicodemus a desire to know more. What are you saying, preacher? Same thing I've been saying. God gave Nicodemus a little bit of light and Nicodemus said, I want more. And anytime God gives you a little bit of light for you to be able to seek God, God's going to give you a little bit of light first. And when he gives you that little bit of light like he gave Rahab the harlot in Jericho, she got to looking for God because she had a little bit of light. What happened, Miss Nita, that got you saved? God gave you a little bit of light. And you said, okay, Lord, I want some more. That's what happened to Nicodemus. Nicodemus got a little bit of light. He went back to the house and laid down and rolled back and forth in the bed all night. She said, honey, what's the matter with you? He said, i just go back to sleep. I'll be back later. <laughs> According to the word of God, a multitude saw Jesus that day at that first Passover in Jerusalem. But they went, but one came looking for him. Reckon there's a reason your Bible says, F-E-W, few there be that find it. Miss Tony, there's a whole bunch of folks that looked and they saw the miracles he performed, but they wasn't but one, Brother Wesley, come seeking after him. Before any one of you ever got saved by the grace of God, he had to reveal himself to you, either through preaching or the life of the testimony of someone else. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. Revelation is not regeneration, and it's where a lot of folks make a mistake. A lot of folks have a big experience. God reveals himself to them. Brother Jesse, they count that for salvation. But just because God lets you know he's real, that don't make you saved. I've been in a whole lot of places where God made himself real to sinners. They didn't get saved. I was preaching in the West Virginia State Penitentiary at Moundsville. And it was a real funny situation. There was a Satanist high priest got mad at me and threatened to kill me and all this stuff. And all them Satanists in there threatened to kill me and all this and there's old redneck boy there, and he come to me one day, and he said, Preacher, don't you worry about him. We've got a plan. <laughs> I know the just shall live by faith, but I was glad that old boy had a plan. <laughs> he is lost as a ball in high weeds, Brother Wesley came to the preaching. I don't know why, but God give me favor with that old redneck country boy in that prison. And he came, Brother Wesley, as far as I know this day, that boy ain't never got saved. 
But that night he sat in that service and he wept like a little baby. He lit up like a Christmas tree and there was a joy on his face. And Miss Nita, for just a little while, the sweet Holy Ghost of God beat the demons off of that old boy so he could hear the Word of God. And Jesus Christ made himself manifest to that boy and let him know God was real and what that snotty-nosed preacher from North Carolina was preaching was real. But Brother Wesley, that ain't salvation. Revelation is not regeneration. You've got to be born again. There's one more step to this. Nicodemus had revelation, but Nicodemus had a realization. Verse number 4, Nicodemus saith to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? Look at verse number 7. Jesus said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, and canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I've told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Nicodemus was brought to the realization that all he had ever depended on for salvation was W-R-O-N-G, wrong. Miss Drew, Nicodemus was brought by the Lord Jesus to the realization that he was L-O-S-T. Lost. Before you ever get saved, you've got to have a revelation of who Jesus is. But you'll have to come to a realization of who you are. And if you don't ever get to that place, you'll never be born again. Nicodemus was separated from his birth to be sanctified and set apart to hold a position of a leader in the Sanhedrin Council. He was a ruler, a spiritual doctor of the law to the nation of Israel, the true people of God. At an early age, there's no doubt Nicodemus would have been forbidden to frolic and play with other boys his age. He would have learned to read and write. By the time he was a young man, Nicodemus no doubt would have memorized the first five books of the Bible. Usually Tuesdays and Thursdays, starting Monday at 6 o'clock until 6 o'clock Tuesday evening, 24 hours, two days a week, Nicodemus would have fasted and done without food. Nicodemus would have tithed of everything he owned, including if he'd have gathered just a little bit of herbs in the field to go in his supper, he would have given a tithe. Nicodemus, no doubt, would have wore a zit-zit, a prayer cloth on his shoulders. There's no doubt this man would have been seen regular standing in a marketplace and covered his head and prayed at the hour of prayer. No doubt Nicodemus would have wore a phylactery around his head with the pages of the Word of God inside of it. One of the most religious men, his name means innocent blood. If any man could have ever gone to heaven without being born again, it would have been Nicodemus. And Jesus Christ looked at him and said, boy, you're lost. Man, what a, what a chunk of reality to have to deal with, Brother Jesse. You've been there, son. You've been there. Thought you were a Baptist preacher. 
God had to show you one day you was lost. Little Miss Jamie, a preacher's wife, a sweet, honorable, little old moral girl, had to come to the realization one day you was L-O-S-T lost. And how many of you in this building, deacons' wives and Sunday school teachers and youth leaders, had to come to the realization one day that you did not know God and everything you'd ever held on to for salvation was wrong. Nicodemus had to go through it too. There was a realization after the revelation. John chapter number 2 and verse number 23. Now when it was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man for he knew what was in man. Back in chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Tonight in the famous words, Brother Mark, bovines have bovines. Equines have equines. Felines have felines. Canines have canines. And flesh produces flesh your flesh can't produce anything spiritual every part of your flesh Satan can imitate stimulate and manipulate do you know that that's why you can't trust emotions that's why a lot of folks make emotional volitional decisions to be saved and die and go to hell because you can't trust your emotions Satan will manipulate your emotions And Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that's why we see folks misnated that will come to this altar and cry bitter tears, weep and blow snot bubbles, get up out of this altar, say, glory to God, I'm glad I'm saved. Walk back out those doors and live just as wicked as they ever did. Miss Allie, they had a big emotional experience, but they did not get born again because all they did was in the flesh. Jesus said, flesh won't do, you've got to be born again multitudes, the Word of God said, were moved, Miss Donna, in their flesh when they saw the miracles that Jesus performed. They said, praise God, what a blessing. We've seen the Messiah. Son, He's broke bread. We've eaten fish and hush puppies. He's fed us. He's clothed us. He's let blind folks see. He's raised up cripples. He's healed the dead. Look what He's done. Praise God, Messiah's coming. How come they wasn't beating on Jesus' door in the dark of the night? Because they got something in their head, but Nicodemus got something in his heart. Brother Wesley, can you imagine the Lord Jesus at that first Passover in his earthly ministry in the city of Jerusalem? The Word of God said there were multitudes, Brother James, that made false professions. That's what your Bible says. Brother Wesley, you can get discouraged, and I can too. You preach your heart out. I mean, you studied, you've heard a word from heaven, you try to tell folks what God's told you, and you stand up and preach, and folks will stream tears and quiver and fall down and pray in the altar and walk away the same way they come in and never get saved. And you could have looked at that first ministry of Jesus, Miss Laura, and said it looked like he didn't accomplish a thing. But it ain't what you see outwardly that counts, Miss Nita. Proof's in the pudding. 
Because Nicodemus went to the house and the Holy Ghost of God went with him. And he got to rolling around in that bed and he couldn't sleep and he couldn't eat. His wife said, honey, what's the matter? He said, I'll be back after a while. And in the dark of the night, Nicodemus got out in the streets of Jerusalem and had to get somewhere and find God. That's why some of y'all got under a Holy Ghost conviction and God got on your trail. You had to roll out of the bed and find Jesus somewhere. You come to a realization you was in trouble and you knew who the help was. Hallelujah. In John chapter 3 verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus told of his crucifixion. By the way, tonight we get saved by believing Jesus. We believe he was crucified, was buried for three days, and got up out of the grave. How did the Old Testament saints get saved? They believe the same thing we do. They're just believing it's going to happen in the future. We believe it happened in the past. What Jesus do told Nicodemus about the crucifixion. He preached the gospel to him, Brother Brandon. That's what he did. Hallelujah. It still works. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Nicodemus had a revelation. Nicodemus had a realization. Now Nicodemus is getting an invitation. <laughs> Jesus said, whosoever will, if you believe me, just come. Amen. You know what Jesus wants tonight? He wants folks to believe him and come. As he revealed himself to you, as he let you know, he's re- those sinners run around this country and are not listening to them CDs and don't know why. I had a precious lady we've been praying for and loving on for a while. Somebody gave her two CDs the other night. One of them was, Do You Want a Fair Trial? She told me Sunday night, she said, I've been listening to them CDs all week. Those folks listening to them things don't even know why. Why is that? God has revealed himself to them and let them know there is something real to that. God's give them a little speck of light and they've said, I want some more light. And they're listening trying to find it. If God has given you a little bit of light tonight, you keep looking for more. God's given you an invitation. And after he gives you an invitation, if you'll respond, there'll be a regeneration. He'll change you. You'll never be what you used to be. That's why when you find the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus, and they took him off of that cross, Nicodemus was there. Nicodemus helped carry his body to that tomb. Nicodemus was looking when that third day was over, expecting Jesus to do what he said he'd do. Tonight, God's revealed himself to you. It's because he's trying to give you an invitation. And if you'll respond to that invitation the best way you know how, God knows your little heart. 
It is not in the prayer you pray. Well, a whole lot of people stand up out of that pew. It's in faith. It's in faith and repentance. And a whole lot of people, God's worked in their heart and worked in their heart. And they stand up out of that pew. And the minute they stand up, they've got it in their heart. If I can get to that altar, I'm a-going. And they take that first step, and bam, they're saved. They're born again. How'd that happen? They exercise faith. They believed if I could get to Jesus, he'd fix me. And that's exactly what they did. Jesus said, I see your faith. I see you reaching out. I see you trying. You believe in me. That's what I told you to do. And God regenerates them when they believe him. Glory to God. That's what God said he'd do. He'll do that for you you believe him heads bowed and eyes closed while we wait just a minute boy he's a loving on somebody he's ordained this night just for you he loves you he wants you if you'll believe him if you'll trust him he wants you with heads bowed and eyes closed